Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Chelsea, keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick. I mean, I was thinking about just letting this play out in its entirety, Dan, maybe starting with our own moment of silence after the match today i just kind of sitting here firing up the podcast letting the the intro music roll in and you're just like i don't really know what to say right now everything is fine everything is fine everything is not fine (laughs) everything is a mess and uh, Nick was was oddly requested after this episode, which yeah, definitely uh, you know, I, I actually, you know, not even as someone who, who listens to the podcast without being involved with it. I, I Nick, was excited uh, more so to come on and listen to your words of uh, wisdom and guidance. Uh, I've never been called wise, uh, so that's uh, you, you. You have that's 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 unfair. That's a, that's a misnomer. Um, yeah, I. You know, I, I I think that Dan put it best <laughs> on our on our opening salvo after the match uh, on Instagram, uh, and and I will give Dan credit to return the favor here. Uh, he used the the office "I am dead inside" Michael Scott photo, which I thought was perfect um, because we all felt that way in the in the group text after the match, and uh, yeah, not this. This uh, will not be pleasant, uh, unfortunately, uh, and and we just hope to kind of get through it. Yeah, it's, um, you know, in preparation, I do have a scented candle right here in front of me at the desk to try to use some <laughs> aromatherapy. Uh, you know, I am going to try to stay as balanced as possible, but, you know, there's no sense in avoiding what we've got in front of us, come, gentlemen. Come to the dark side, Brandon. <laughs> Let let the hate fill your heart. (laughs) Brandon, what we don't realize is that this match was like opening a gift and then realizing that gift was a trip to the dentist for a root canal.
Yep. Nope. I brush my teeth twice a day. None of that nonsense. Um, Anyways, look, we do have some iTunes reviews. Um, So, Dan, I'm going to let you continue that train. Absolutely. The the real heroes of the week, uh, Beast Owner 52, Speedy G, 9417, did not flop. They were the ones who uh, dropped the five-star review on iTunes, and uh, we're very, very thankful for that. You know, I think we've actually crested over 200 in eight written reviews in the U.S. iTunes store, which is awesome. Uh, we're getting close yeah. to 50 in the U.K. and, you know, across the globe. There are other stores where, we, you know, Canada has plus 10. Australia, I think, is, is right about plus 10 now, too. So just thanks, you know. I mean, uh, we, we appreciate the community and uh, and the support. It always, it always blows my mind that uh, we have any five-star reviews on on the podcast uh, respected networks, but uh, this is the most positive part of, of what we do to like get feedback um, from our community like this. And it always is, is that nice kind of kickoff to the show where we're you know able to kind of see, uh, you know, that we're making somewhat of a small impact in our little community. So uh, thank you to all who have reviewed and to all who have not. This is your direct shout to do that and do it quickly because we're all depressed and we need it. Super easy to do on your phone. Um, but after my call for uh, like our sixth week in a row of no Patreon names, Janique absolutely stepped in, crushed it for us with a $2 a month donation. So your extra special shout out includes a bump up to the $3 a month donation prizes. That's right. We'll go ahead and let you ask a question of your choice and bump it to the top whenever you're ready. You know, guys. If you you give to us, we will give right back. And uh, Janique has also um, won a kit giveaway as well. So it's really, really cool that she was so kind uh, to give to us. I mean, she lives in New York City, Nick. I can only imagine the amount of expenses she has just from that alone. Uh, she, she's been an OG fan. She's been with us since the beginning, uh, Dan, and someone who uh, we hope to meet soon. Yeah, you know, uh, actually, my wife and I will be up in uh, New York for the uh, Manchester City game coming up here. So maybe, maybe we will try to see it with some of the New York City Blues. Fun, fun stuff. All right, we're going to go ahead and end uh, the beginning of this stuff. Just a reminder of our Pedro Kit giveaway. Uh, Dan, that is going to be announced when? Uh, well, uh, by the time that people hear this, they, they have already lost their opportunity to enter because it is uh, midnight Eastern time on the 26th is the last time to enter the contest. But we are giving a signed kit away thanks to Chelsea FC. Yes, the club gave us a wonderful signed kit from Pedro, and uh, we gave that away over on Instagram. So we will be announcing on Tuesday who the lucky winner is. All right, well, stay tuned for that. And if you want to check it out after the fact, again, it's all on Instagram. So uh, real quick, we uh, are going to go ahead and jump into the match review. As always, we do a shout out to one of our sponsors, XL Tours this time. Nick, we are going on a spring trip. I don't want the Debbie Downers getting in the way. We are going. We've booked our tickets. It's official. Um, Tottenham. This game is actually going to be even more important the way it looks at this point. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. yeah, this is a... So, regardless of everything, all the nonsense that's going on uh, around the around the club right now, uh, this will be a fun trip. Uh, so, you know, uh, Chidge has always said on, on his show, and he said it on our show as well, that um, 90 minutes of football can ruin a great day out. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're just aiming to have a bunch of great days out and London's awesome. Stanford Bridge is awesome. Dan, the hotel is awesome. The match experience is awesome. Our live pod is awesome uh, that we're going to do over there. Uh, tell the people what else is going to happen, man. Come on. Yeah, you know, well, well we, uh, you know, we always get credit for destroying the Chelsea fan cast when we ever get a chance to be on the horn with them. So uh, looking forward <laughs> to, to being the reason a couple of 
uh, uh, pissed Americans are on the show with them. So that, that would be quite wonderful as always. It's going to be at the Atlas pub, which is a historic pub uh, nearby Stanford bridge. And uh, one of the best places to take in a, a uh, post or pre match gathering with some fellow supporters. But if you head over to uh, XL tours website, uh, if you DM us, if you hit us up on Instagram, if you email us, we'd be glad to answer any questions for you. Uh, it is over the uh, Easter weekend. Uh, so you could get a chance to celebrate a holiday in another country. Uh, if you so observe that, which could be very exciting. Uh, they might have different types of chocolate bunnies. I don't know. Someone can update Kinder. me on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I just, you know, like look, you know, fillings and flavors like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Reese's bunny kind of guy, but you know, Hey, mm. uh, head over to uh, our platforms. If you'd like some more information and, uh, if not this time, you know, let us know uh, what you might be looking at for next season. So we can start to, uh, you know, crazy enough, uh, plan for what happens next. I know my buddy actually was just texting me, uh, saying, do you, do women go on these trips? And I was like, yeah, we actually had a bunch of couples go last time. It was great. So, uh, everyone's invited. Everyone's welcome. But Manchester United match review. This is the main event this evening for us gentlemen on Sunday, uh, Premier League match went to Old Trafford and it was Sunday, February 25th. Blues won, Red Devils two. Correct score predictions. I don't care if you did get it right. Uh, match <laughs> lineups, Dan. I don't know. So I watched Newman's video kind of on the preview to this, and, and he was talking about why he thought uh, Antonio Conte should have started with a 3-5-2 to kind of combat Man United's 4-3-3, you know, having all those people in midfield. But he didn't. He went with what has been working recently, the 3-4-3. Three, three. He did. Yeah, he he did go with that option. Uh, Courtois between the sticks, no surprise. Uh, Rudiger, Cahill uh, enjoys a little bit more bench action as uh, Christensen uh, heads into that central role. And then Aspilicueta takes up the armband on the right-hand side. Moving forward, he had the two wonderful wingbacks in Alonso and Moses. A lot of switch of play there. You did see Conte start next next to his buddy, Danny Drinkwater, which was probably the, the one-head scratcher of, of the moment. And then you saw Eden Hazard, William, and uh, yes, Morata. Uh, still alive, uh, not just uh, a, a present figure on his wife's uh, Instagram channel. Uh, he, he had an opportunity to start a, a live match for Chelsea again, Nick. And I was probably scratching my head just as much as you were when we saw both Drinkwater and Morata start in, in what was the, uh, I was thinking about it as like the turning point game of the season for the, the last 11 matches. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, if if I had my pick of of the litter, uh, I would have started Giroud, uh, and I would have started Fabregas, um, and you know, and and that's not really detracting from from you know, Drinkwater, right? You know, who I thought was fine uh, today, but he doesn't offer that uh, crucial pass that that we needed. And um, if we could have had a shift out of Fabregas today, I think that would have. Uh, potentially helped us quite a bit. So uh, overall, yeah, not not the lineup that I think I was I was hoping for, but um, but that was just kind of how how it played out. Well, I mean, to me, Drinkwater did the bare minimum. I think that he will be a good player, but within such limited minutes and lack of health a lot this season, I mean, he didn't offer really anything going forward uh he did a decent shift breaking play up um but he got caught on the ball a little bit the other thing for me is i'm just assuming fabregas didn't start because he ran his ass off in barcelona i'm sure he his levels you know when you play after you play a few matches of like ultimate team your guys are down around 85 or something like that and so i have a feeling fabregas was pretty gassed after the barcelona match and that's the only reason why I can think they didn't start him is he doesn't have the legs to play two intense games back to back. That's my only guess. As far as the front man, um, I don't know. I thought Murata started fine, but as the game drew on, he just fell off. I mean, it didn't. His day did not get any better, and I think that no. that is just a hindsight call at that point. I mean, when Giroud got in, he didn't really get any service either. Um, I know like Jeff Borzella, I think tweeted the fact that we didn't even get a cross in when we had two tall, you know, front men towards the end of the match. Um, but 
I don't know how much Giroud would have done uh, against those guys, but you would have hoped more than what Murata offered, unfortunately. Uh, that, that, yes, you would you would hope that. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, it, everything's hindsight uh, on on the show, right? Because we're doing it after the match. We're not in the predictive analytics business, and uh, I think that there are certain traits um, that uh, Murata is going to have to to get out of his game or figure out how to work around uh, for him to be a truly successful. 20 plus goal a year striker he is struggling mightily and we'll get into him in our in our social media questions um but it's a uh it's a conundrum for Conte for sure all right well let's go ahead and run through goals so 32nd minute uh William continues his very fine form instead of ruining it for you I'll actually go ahead and let you walk us through it Nick since you guys don't seem to appreciate that yeah, you don't take my don't take my thunder away. Um, so this was actually a, a clinical move by Chelsea. Um, kind of started on the on the counter. Uh, William passes the ball up to Hazard. Uh, no one tracks William, which I thought Dan was a little bit surprising. And then uh, Hazard makes a uh, an incredible pass uh, through a couple of defenders. William. Um, kind of a ballsy shot to go near post on De Gea, who just uh, kind of whiffed at it. But a uh, good goal and a, a really first 30 minutes of this match, Chelsea dominated, Dan. It was it was a pretty clinical start. Given the way that Morata has played, it was wonderful to see William, a man of supreme confidence right now, take the shot himself rather than uh, try to thread it through and, and give a quote-unquote easy goal to uh, Alvaro and yeah it was uh, it was a wonderful goal and uh, you know it was uh, you know a little a little short-lived to be successful in the 39th minute when Lukaku does what he does best holds up play interchanges a little bit with uh, you know Alexis uh, and, and you know he kind of you know makes some action happen and you see, uh, you know, Martial kind of sets him up for it perfectly. And, you know, uh, it's wonderful, I imagine, uh, to have a striker, uh, Brandon, who does not fall down in the, uh, the box or uh, manages to uh, walk the ball into the back of the net, which is what, uh, what Lukaku did. Don't take my job and then ask me a question. Jeez! Oh, hey, listen how, to you. How does that feel? Listen to you. Feel? Just didn't even hesitate. Rolled into it. Oh, by the way, what do you think? Yeah, you just got Rudiger to Cahill. Yeah. Well, anyways, I. You know, it's uh, that was a pretty soft goal. Obviously, unfortunately, I mean, a lot of people want to, you know, uh, talk about the fact that Christensen was down, holding his head. Atkinson just continued play and everything. Um, You know, it'd be an easy thing for us to pick on, you know, especially with head injuries. Referees are supposed to be a lot more, um, you know, careful about those. But being in such a dangerous area of the field, I understand why he doesn't want to stop the play and essentially give a drop ball at the top of the box for Chelsea. I mean, that would kill what United were doing then and they would be furious. Uh, So I get it. But if anything, I think it was just really unfortunate um, that that kind of thing happened and at this point in the match I was like well look if United need literally like an injury gift for them to score I said we're still doing all right but it it didn't last obviously so before Nick steals this in the in the 75th minute <laughs> um, uh, this is when I thought the world was going to explode honestly due to the inhumane amount of dabbing that Jesse Lingard and Paul Pogba were going to do but thankfully they didn't so Nick here here we are yeah, um, yeah I, I will. I will give Pogba some credit in this match. I think that he played pretty well. Um, this was this was just soft. This was soft to give up. Uh, you know, Rudiger lost his mark. Uh, Christensen lost his mark, and uh, both were out of position. Uh, you know, Courtois has no chance at that. He's he's going the other direction. So I don't I don't blame him for not making that save. But uh, it is. Uh, a, a pretty bad it was it was a bad start to the second half and then this was just kind of the the exclamation point on it for united i mean uh chelsea didn't play in the second half you know i think i think they dominated the first half but united came out much stronger and and that's just what it 
what it was, unfortunately. And, and there's a lot to kind of dissect here. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't uh, dabbing. It was uh, being Wakanda'd or Black Panthered, as it were, in the goal celebration. Just for accuracy's sake. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, uh, you know, anyways, to kind of get into it in, in more detail, I would just like to start off actually just kind of going around the, the table here, the virtual table that we're sitting at, and just let you guys kind of say what you thought the biggest reason Chelsea lost today was. Uh, obviously, we've seen a lot of stuff on social media about uh, the lineup, uh, the substitutions, the effort level, the finishing. Um, pretty much if you've been on Twitter every single idea has been thrown out so um dan essentially we'll let you give us your thoughts on what you thought the biggest thing was and then we'll agree disagree and kind of dive into it uh, finishing finishing and attacking and you know i think it was as early as what it was the fifth or sixth minute when alonzo whipped that cross into the box and Murata really has to do what, what Giroud did a couple of games ago where he just plants and lets the ball bounce off of him into the goal versus trying to, to make a move to force it in. And you felt pretty good about what was going to come, that, that there was fluidity, that there was, there was motion. Uh, the William goal was, was, was fantastic in the way that, and, and uh, William interchanged for it. But ultimately it was really just a lack of, of again, of, of clinicality. You know, when you look at the top six, you know, we have scored the least number of goals uh, in the Premier League this season amongst the top six teams. And, you know, even Arsenal, who are in six, uh, one, one spot behind us, have scored more goals. And, you know, they have had Lacazette, um, you know, struggle just as much as Murata has. So... I, I don't I mean, yeah, you can blame defense and defending for allowing the goal to happen. And but if, if we had kept on the front foot, I, I think this United team was there to lose a three, three nil game, a three one game, a four one game, Nick. And I'm just shocked that we really couldn't grab the game by the scuff of the neck and, and take it to them the way that we showed that we were able to do so for for the majority of the first part of this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, I think the most frustrating part of this whole season has been the striking inconsistency um, between performances, right? You know, we we wax poetic about the team's effort uh, and attention to detail against Barcelona and, and rude, you know, one big mistake as the reason that, you know, Chelsea didn't have an advantage going into the, the second leg against Barcelona. Uh, this match, arguably, it was more important. And the team did not show that same level of commitment. They did not show the same level of execution. And they didn't show the same level of effort. And, and Brandon, effort is my thing here. Um, you know, it, it doesn't mean that the ball is always going to bounce your way. But there was a lot of standing. There was a lot of walking. Um, William was clearly gassed at the end of, uh, you know, around the 55th minute. He, you know, he, he wasn't able to do his thing anymore. He was completely spent. Um, Hazard was spent. You know, Murata was spent from flopping around a lot. And then, you know, you saw the midfield kind of, you know, cave in uh, and, and our defense was exposed again. Um, the wings didn't necessarily have a great game either. So it, w it was a capitulation, but I, I really point to effort uh, and attention to detail is the thing that 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 made me so upset. They were just sleepwalking through the second half. And it was just like, is there anything that Conte can do to get these guys to like snap out of that? Because we've seen it a bunch of times this year. We saw it at Crystal Palace earlier in the season. We saw it against Bournemouth. We saw it against Watford. And I, I'm just I'm trying to understand how a team can get so up for Barcelona and then not feel that same level of intensity for a, a, you know a bigger match in in the grand scheme of things uh, against you know one of our our most difficult opponents in the Premier League and Manchester United. So it, it's very, I'm very confused, Brandon. 
Well, I, I mean, I I can understand. Like United may have been more important in terms of the league, but as a player, I I'm much more hyped about hosting Barcelona in the Champions League than going to United away. Partially, and I said this in the group text, and we can have this conversation again, but Barcelona were much more open. Like, Chelsea attacked and could go at them, and Barcelona would come right back at them. Um, this game, United, they stifled uh, because of what Jose does. They play negative football and hit you on the break. They they play very compact. Matic obviously was cleaning things up right and left because, I mean, to be honest, Smalling and um, whatever the Swiss center back's name is, they, I can't think of, like, they weren't great today. Lindelof. Yeah, they're not good. Like, if Matic doesn't have a good game today, essentially any day for United, they're in trouble. So to me, like, William obviously was gassed. Uh, apparently Hazard was too because he was subbed off. A lot of questions about the of the substitutions. Um, I think Pedro came on too late because when he did get on, he had a ton of energy and he did try to lift the game, but it, he just came on too late. Um, it, from like I, I don't know, from a player's perspective, I can absolutely see why they're way more hyped. And then I think they had a little bit of Champions League hangover for this match, and we talked about it going into into this. Is that is going to be difficult for? Um, Chelsea to hit these you know three matches in a row four out of five are huge games and are you going to be able to sustain it and clearly not and this goes back to depth and things of that nature because to me Nick when you when you say the first half Chelsea are on top we're taking it to United we're making chances and everything I think that just shows you that when the energy levels are there like Chelsea easily beat United like we you know, this is not a good United team. Chelsea could have taken them, no problem. But second half completely fell off. United, on the flip side, had had to travel to Spain and back, and they played a miserable game, but clearly they were saving it for this one. And I think especially with Mourinho's bullshit quotes about every day that passes, he thinks less and less of Chelsea and this whole Conte-Mourinho feud that apparently is now officially done now that Mourinho's beaten Conte. Like, I don't know. That's just too much for me to handle from him right now. And I honestly think he was telling his team to forget Sevilla and, and think of this. And, you know, there's a difference of priorities. Yeah, but here's what drives me nuts. Like, Chelsea and Manchester United before today were three points apart. We Both teams have the same goal to, to make top four. You know, City's winning the league. We already know that. Yeah. So it, it's incredible to me that, yeah, Ch- you know, Chelsea have the much harder road in the Champions League. No doubt about it. And, like, sure, it's very easy to get up. You know, when you're playing Messi and co, I get it, but it, it strikes me as maybe naive in, in the approach from the club or, or from Antonio Conte to say, you know, like we're really going to give it all for Barcelona and then not come back in the league, you know, which really matters. Like, we, you know, we spoke about it on, on Tuesday, you know, the, the odds that we go through are, are 30% or less in the Champions League, but you know, if, if we don't finish top four in the, you know, in the, in the league, then, you know, I, then there's no point to any of it, you know, then you've just exercised all of this effort for nothing. And it just blows my mind that Mourinho gets that and Conte, you know, didn't seem like he, he did prioritize that in, in the, in the same order. So it's just a little bit, a little bit of a, a blip for me. Well, D- Dan, I you know, honestly, I think that if it rolls reverse, United had just came off a Barcelona match. I think Marino would have been so quick to write that off and be like, oh, it's Barcelona. How can we compete? Yada, yada. The league is our focus bullshit. And I think Conte is trying to do his best in all of these competitions. But I think to the first half, Moses was running at Ashley Young all day long, and we were getting chances, and it was great. And the second half, Ashley Young ran at Victor Moses the entire time. And so, I don't know. I just, where are you at? I kind of, I guess, with with all this. Obviously, there's a lot of huge games to juggle right now. It's it's hard. 
Yeah, but if you want to be the best or claim to be the best, you know, you have to go through stretches like this. And as important as it is to voice concern about fixture congestion so that the FA or uh, UEFA can look and see what the options are to improve that moving forward, that you talk about the depth or the you know lack thereof of your your players and the position that forces you to be in uh, these these are all great things to to do and to talk about uh, but ultimately the the club has one remit for its players and its you know coach and that is to to win and if you're going to claim to be the best or among the best in the world you have to go through stretches like this you know no title or cup comes easy and i i think it's probably it's 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 frustrating to think about you know that you have to maybe make some decisions and say well look you know we our odds of winning the you know champions league are this percent based upon uh, teams that are left in it uh, but you know we need to be in the champions league next year for reasons x y and z whether that be Money. Courtois and Hazard resigning um, and making sure that they have Champions League football to, to play in uh, from an attraction standpoint for other players, for the point that you mentioned, Brandon, in, in money and being able to uh, merchandise and, and commercialize certain elements successfully. And, you know, that, that to me is more important than potentially getting past Barcelona and, you know, then getting knocked out in the next round of the Champions League. Like that, that to me, if we lost top four but made it through one more round in the champions league that that's a um that that's a big fucking failure yeah i totally agree the trade-off doesn't make any sense you know i mean you know let's pretend for for a second that you know we we somehow magically get through barcelona which is just with each day it's it's harder to imagine but let's just pretend and, you know, then we, you know, get a, you know, one of the next big teams that are are drawn in there. You know, it is it would be a terrible trade off to, to mortgage your uh, future success on winning the Champions League instead of just getting in because of your your consistently good league performance. And that is just so stupid. Uh, Chelsea got really lucky in 2012 to be in the Champions League the next year because they won it. Uh, but they they would have not, you know, they finished sixth in the league that year. Uh, so it, it's it's very difficult. And, you know, we don't need to drone on about it, but it's you know, I think we're all frustrated, you know, flat out. I mean, here's the other thing to keep in mind. So there have been eight, you know, we've, we've taken eight of 21 points in Premier League matches in the start of 2018. And that's evolved two wins over a last place West Brom and a Brighton team that uh, is a bit of a punching bag. We've drawn against Arsenal um, several times, um, but for the Premier League, we drew against Arsenal, we drew against Leicester, scoreless. Uh, and then we've lost to Bournemouth, we've lost to Watford, and now we've lost to United. And now you could say that, you know, Arsenal and United uh, should be kind of toss-up options, uh, potentially don't win them. You know, but we're, we've dropped our lost stupid points that are putting us down in a position where it is a uphill battle um, for the remainder of these 10 games. And you have three games against some of the best teams in, in the league against, you know, you have a game against Spurs, you have a game against Manchester city and you have a game against Liverpool. And I would venture a statement saying that if we don't take maximum points from that, we probably will not finish in the top four. And that is way harder than a second match to Barcelona and whatever might come next of that if we somehow make it through. Agreed. A lot. I mean, the math, the math says that. Yeah, there's a lot on the line. <laughs> Math is fun, except when it sucks for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, there's still a lot on the line, kind of like what you guys are saying. Um, it, all right, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that even if you kind of like remove the Champions League and stuff, like this week alone, right? Traveling to Manchester twice in eight days, like that sucks no matter what. Um, yeah, but that's not impossible. Like 
we were playing matches every three days uh, for the last three months. Like not Chelsea totally five successfully days though. <laughs> no, no, I agree. Yeah, but yeah. like we've had more rest in the last three weeks than at you know at any point since August. You know, the, it's not like the team is is playing you know match after match after match right now. Like the 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 four and a half days between Barcelona and United should have been enough to be ready. You know, and the, and the the week off between United and City is is enough to get ready. Like, yeah, it sucks that the schedule just worked out that we're traveling that much. But again, it's not like it's the United States where it's four thousand miles away. You know, like I, I don't know. Anyway, keep no, going. No, you're right. I mean, I, no, no, no. That that's that. You know, don't 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 let Brandon walk walk back from that one. That's a bad excuse. Like that, that's a bad excuse for the players to say that there's not enough time between the matches. And I I genuinely think that this is now another game where as much as we love the the passion and intensity of Antonio Conte, that the substitutions came um, too late to make the appropriate impact. And potentially the starting lineup should have been tweaked a little bit. And we, we will get and into we, that though, Dan. Part I, two, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't shoot all your bullets now. Oh, it, it, it's hard not to fire into the air in frustration. <laughs> Well, okay. First of all, I guess I didn't, I'm not saying that they didn't have enough rest time. I'm just saying like, even last season, playing both of those teams in eight days is difficult. Just plain and simple. There's a lot of other things that have gone into this. I think, so we're sitting at 50 goals right now at 1.79 scored per match. We had 85 last season at 2.24. We're not going to score 35 more goals in 11 games. That's just not going to happen. So to me... I was trying to get to the point where Murata seems to have zero confidence, absolutely none. And the problem with that is when there's a lot of pressure on the team and then on an individual not to perform, like that's where a lot of problems come from. Nisar freaking Naz is out there tweeting about how Murata hasn't scored in his last 10 games and things now. It's just like, um, you know, maybe that's why you should get Giroud, but at the same time, you want to show confidence in a player so he can hopefully get it. I mean, how unlucky is Murata today that he smashed the crossbar and scored a goal that was called back? Um, I, I That's where I think a lot of the offense is, is lacking. I mean, William has came out of nowhere and shown a lot of really good form. Hazard has stepped it up lately, but again, we need a center forward to take off a lot of the burden. So to me, like when you see even United scoring two shit goals today, uh, Man City rolling anyone and everyone, uh, even Liverpool putting up tons of goals. It just, um, I don't know, it's just it's just hard to see that as well because you think about it, we get two goals in the first half. It's completely different. United don't go into halftime with all this energy and come out flying. It takes pressure off the team when you score goals. And unfortunately, we've only been doing that for the most part against the crappier teams that we've been playing in the league. So that's kind of where uh, I was starting to go to with the whole United, the Manchester teams in, in one week. The, the the final third passing has been a problem all season. It, you know, it's, it's, it's not good enough. It's not clinical enough. You know, you watch Liverpool, you watch, uh, you know, uh, City, you watch Tottenham uh, even. You know, their final third passing is just much better than ours. Um, they complete more crosses. Uh, they're more clinical in the box when they do have chances. Uh, you know, it's it's been it's been a problem all year. And, you know, William papering, papering over some of those cracks doesn't uh, fix everything. You know, Hazard should have shot, you know, three or four times today from kind of right outside the box range and elected to, to make a sideways pass a bunch of times. You know, that, that's not good enough from your from your star player either. You know, uh, I, I, I don't genuinely know all of the issues, you know, it's just, I think it would take hours of, of game film to analyze and, and pick out specific spots. But, uh, you know, there's, there's just too much in right now to, to see a full revamp and maximum points through the end of the season. Well, not to be super doom and gloom about it. It's just this, you know, we kind of have to look at reality and just call it like it is. And, and then my last, you know, two stats, because that's what I'm pulling out right now, are the fact that in, in last season, we actually had a shooting accuracy of 35%. We're at 38% now, which sounds like it's small, small amount, but it's significant across the season. And then also last season, we had what the Premier League calls big chances created, 48 for the entire season. We're already at 46. Like, this just comes down to 
like you said, when we get there, get the ball in the back of the damn net, and it's not happening this season. That's where a lot of my frustration comes from. The defensive had their own issues, but, you know, everyone says you spend a ton of money in a striker to score goals because it's the most important thing, and it just hasn't happened this season. So, um, I don't know. If you guys want to jump into this, let us know uh, what you think the problems were. I'm sure the fact that we didn't talk about the substitutions is a thing, even though I agreed that the fact that our first sub was in the 70th, 71st minute or something like that is way too late. Fabregas coming out on the 81st is, is silly. Um, but let us know what you think. Unless you want Antonio Conte sacked, yeah, you know, then you just keep to yourself. Any other thoughts, I guess, on this uh, that you guys want to touch on? I know we had a couple of tweets that we pulled yeah. out, Dan. Um, the first one from at Yan underscore Jin. Yeah, you know, he kind of mentioned that uh, he had been sitting on a comment. And you know, I think actually it makes it's a good question considering the way that the player safety was maybe handled a little a uh, little in a suspect way by Martin Atkinson today, asking if Christensen's head has healed from the concussion. Uh, it seems like he's you know had some mental lapses. Uh, headers seem a little less willing. Positioning isn't perfect. Um, I, I would say that I feel like that's more about the fact that we're actually playing some some really good teams. You know, we're playing. Um, you know, this United team, at least for the first half, was not one of the better teams. But the second half, they they definitely turned it on. And uh, Barcelona, where you know you're, they are going to force players with you know whether it's Suarez or Messi to kind of elevate up. And I would say, actually, Nick, I thought that Christensen played a really strong game outside of a single, you know, big mistake against Barcelona. So, uh, but I I do think the larger point around player safety and the lack of attention when you don't happen to fall down versus when you kind of stumble and continue to walk forward um, is maybe something the Premier League needs to uh, think about a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it will, it will, um, take a long time to get that protocol to be as accurate as it needs to be. You know, I think the, you know, and you could think of more nefarious characters out there than Andreas Christensen who would, who would abuse this. But, you know, if it's every single time that a player goes down and is grasping their face, even if they didn't get, you know, uh, touched, you know, you could see that ruining the game. Um, But at the same time, if there is a clash of heads, you know, there, there does need to be consistency in, in which uh, in, in how I should say that uh, situation is dealt with. I mean, you know, if you know, if if he goes up, you know, and clashes with Lukaku, who is a big, strong guy and is is so out of it that, you know, the game needs to stop, then. You know, Atkinson needs to stop the game, you know, flat out. You know, he got up really quick because he knew where the position of the ball was. But that goes against kind of the spirit of that rule. Um, And, you know, you just hope that, you know, in the offseason, the FA are able to kind of make strides to to make that more consistent. All right. The um, other one we had from at Jeff Bossin saying my question. Can you remember the last time Moses crossed the ball with any sort of quality? Question mark. Seems 95% of the time he gets it on the wing. It's an opportunity squandered. Hashtag killing me. I thought he did better today. I thought he put a lot better service in, partially because he was looking to get to the end line and trying to beat Ashley Young. But, I mean, I don't know, Nick. It's um, obviously nothing hit. All of our pretty much headed goals are coming from uh, deep crosses, like where Aspi Laqueta is getting it. Yeah, and I think Alonzo's cross today was great. Uh, this is something I agree with Jeff on. I think Moses lacks final third passing, um, you know, as a major part of his game. I think he needs to be able to pick his spots better, either with flat balls across the box or, or a more arced curve, because his his crosses right now are very flat. Um, he doesn't get a whole lot of height on them, and I think they're really easy to deal with at the near post, you know, as he kind of drives um, towards the uh, to the end line. So this is something I do agree with, and it, and it, it forces more attention on Alonzo if he's not able to deliver consistently from that wing. You know, if he's... You know, he, he is, you know, starting to take on people again, which is great. But it's, you know, once he gets past someone, it's like he doesn't really know what to do with it. And, and that's kind of a, a bummer. I think overall he played OK today, but, it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't enough, obviously. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, your your options are to uh, play Moses or to bring Zabacasa on. And uh, I feel like uh, Moses probably had an opportunity to cross once in earlier in the game, but uh, neglected to kind of put his head down and go full steam ahead and, and attempt to take on. And uh, yeah, I, I uh, I sure he probably could be doing better with crosses but i would rather have him in the match than zappa costa right now all right well um again i guess you guys can let us know wingbacks a little bit different this season but um so is the style of play um anyways as it stands uh city 72 points you know and they still have a game in hand so you know, that's against Arsenal. Ironic, right? That their game in hand is against each other after playing in the Carabao Cup today. Um, probably going to be a repeat of the result. <laughs> uh, anyways, yep. United in second on 59, Liverpool in third on 57, Tottenham now jumping ahead of Chelsea on 55 points. Chelsea not out of it in fifth place on 53 points. Uh, unfortunately, we do have the lowest goal difference out of all of those as well, so we don't have that to lean on. Um, Chelsea taking on City, uh, Tottenham taking on Huddersfield, Liverpool taking on Newcastle, United taking on Crystal Palace, City taking on Arsenal. We, or I get, well, obviously Chelsea, sorry, that's their game in hand. Uh, obviously, Chelsea has the hardest game against all the teams above it. So it's not going to get any easier from here, as we knew. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll talk top four chances here in a second in our social media questions. Um, but that's how the table stands at the moment. So uh, anyways, um, World Soccer Shop, Nick, we're going to go ahead and recommend they sign up for their email list because... Yeah, just get all the latest news and specials. I mean, the, these guys are um, are promo heavy, and they'll let you know, you know, kind of through their email list. Um, if you're not following on social media, how you know when new stuff comes out, when uh, you know they'll have like a boot sale occasionally, or they do like a friends and family discount. Uh, go sign up for their email on their website, worldsoccershop.com. Throw in that London Pod code, and it will be magic. All right, so right off the bat for social media questions, um, Dan, I believe you threw out this tweet about Murata, and, and obviously we have quite a few other tweets and, and comments on him. <laughs> yeah, just just uh, just a few. It wasn't like he was a, a focal point of conversation after this match at all. And uh, I asked if he's just been the most unlucky striker at Chelsea, you know, Chelsea signed since Torres, uh, more so. Just due to the fact that, you know, when you're expensive and you don't score, you tend to be labeled either unlucky or a failure or a flop. And, you know, uh, you can argue whether or not his arm was dangling far enough uh, over the line to potentially be ruled offside. But uh, I believe, Nick, that he scored a goal. Um, I believe the uh, linesman and Atkinson uh, together uh, got it wrong. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we had a couple of people who uh, gave us their opinion on that. And, uh, you know, like uh, our friend Shane saying that uh, Maratha isn't good enough. Uh, our friend uh, Wyatt Blues saying, uh, do you miss Diego as much as I do, especially after Diego does a typical Diego and, you know, is a firebrand in the match today for Atleti and then also scores a goal immediately after being kind of uh, booked or cautioned. And, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I just I don't know what else to say about you know, Morata and the uh, lack of goals, which is uh, becoming a bit of a troubling problem. Look, he was unlucky today. Like he was also crap. Uh, you know, he was both. <laughs> so, well, yeah, th uh, those like, are the margins, right? He scores two goals. Yeah. You can be shit for 88 minutes and I don't care if you have a brace. Right. Right. Correct. Yeah, 100%. You know, he was unlucky to not get the first one. And, you know, if he scores the first one, I feel like the whole game has changed. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a third minute or whatever. And, you know, that that passing move was so exquisite that I think, you know, the whole team gets up at that point. So just very unlucky there. Uh, and then, yeah, the, he was onside, flat out. He was onside. You, we had people arguing with us, man. Look at the line. Look where his hand is. Look where the opponent's foot is. He is onside, okay? Um, 
I, I don't want to argue with anyone about this anymore. It, it's just stupid. The if you look at the full um, kind of wide pan photo of this, the the linesman is not in. Uh, a good enough position to be able to make that call and thus got it wrong. And that sucks. You know, uh, it, it's, you know, it's always tough to win at Old Trafford. It's, it's a lot tougher if uh, you have out of shape referees um, not making it all the way down. So bummer there, but look, the guy, the guy is struggling at a level right now in, in physicality that I did not expect. Uh, it, it, he's flopping around and, it's you can see this script happening. Just just predict this right now. You can see the script happening the rest of the year. He'll get fouled early um, and then and then think that every little bit of contact is a reason to go down. And it's clear. It is so clear uh, that Premier League referees have had it with that uh, approach from him and are not going to give him even justified fouls because they think that he is uh, going down too easily for all the other stuff. And it's something he has to get out of his game. Uh, you know, it, he's never going to be a hold up guy. He's never going to be a Giroux, but he's physical enough uh, to to do better than that. And and he's certainly, you know, we don't expect him to go put on forty pounds of muscle in the off season. And, you know, go crazy. You know, backing opponent, opposing center backs down. But you know it has to it has to be out of his game, uh, or at least cut down significantly, Dan, for him to have the impact that I think he can really have. Yeah, and well, most people uh, are referring to him as being crap. Uh, it's more like a carp, rather. Uh, you just got to invert the uh, letters around there for uh, this dyslexic folk. <laughs> but uh, he, you know the, the kind of way that he's going down to ground, uh, he is not going to get the call that he's looking for. And he's still looking for it. And, uh, you know, much like I might look for like a sock that's missing and, you know, kind of generally think that, you know, I might find it again in the dryer if I look for the third, fourth of it time. Uh, it's gone. It's gone, man. It's not coming. That call is never going to happen for you. And uh, you you have to adjust your game appropriately. And hopefully as we uh, move into the future, um, you know, one of the comments that we got was, should Murata be loaned to Vitesse to gain more experience? Which <laughs> was probably the God. harshest comment I read uh, all, yeah. all day. That was not a uh, personal attack on him and, uh, you know, or, or a, a obscene personal attack. So it's tough. Yeah, that, that was tough. brutal. That was brutal. Well, shout out to um, Arithmuggle uh, at Wyatt's underscore blue uh, at ADP Dorset and obviously Phobulus who had the Vitesse comment. Uh, next one up was obviously Conte. I said the subs were going to be a huge issue of contention at Matthew WH on Twitter saying, why did Hazard come off at 1-1 with 20 minutes to go? Conte was playing for a draw as he clearly values Pedro's defensive coverage. Why? At 1-1 against United that we're never going to overcommit going forward. Why encourage United by taking off our best player? So, um, so Vi, a former guest of the pod, has right here on Twitter saying, Antonio Conte says he chose to take Eden Hazard off against Man United because the wingers, quote, energy finished, end quote. Um, Nick, if you're looking at Hazard and Pedro, did you feel like Hazard was the more tired of the two? Oh, Hazard and or William. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, no, William was gassed way before Hazard looked gassed to me. You know, William's not making runs in the 60th minute. You know, and and look, I, I don't even blame him. William has put in shift after shift um, in the last two matches and has done a really good job and. I, I value what William's done. He's brought goals uh, that we desperately needed um, to the team. But it was very, very, very clear uh, to us on the TV, and I'm sure to Antonio Conte, that William didn't have anything left in the tank. And it strikes me as very odd that you that Antonio Conte would take off one of our only goal threats of the entire day uh, to put on a guy who's not had a ton of luck in front of goal this year uh you know and playing and also the other point about this is playing for a draw at united doesn't really get you anywhere you know you need to win this match to to have a real shot 
um, moving into the top four and, and getting some stuff done. So playing for a draw doesn't mean anything to us here. We're at, we're at this, you know, we're one point further ahead, which is, you know, you'll take all the points you can get, but you need to win this. Um, and, and that, that's why I was a, a very confused about that uh, substitution in particular, Dan. Yeah, I was not expecting Hazard to be the one to come off. And I think we'll just reference back to the earlier point in that the substitutions are one thing, but the lineup is the other. And I don't necessarily understand unless, you know, Fabregas, you know, hadn't had time to recover where he wouldn't potentially start. I mean, when you're going up against... You know, Matic, Pogba, and, you know, a, a youth product, uh, you know, Scotty McTee. And I, I didn't necessarily think you had too much or as much to worry about if you partner him up next to Conte in the center. And, you know, you really get some of the dynamic passing that we, you know, really required to kind of move through some of the more narrow windows when you have a bit more of an architect in the uh, in the center there. So, um you know, he's 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 to blame for uh, success when it happens, and he's also to blame when there's uh, opportunity or failure. And this is one of the games where I think Conte needs to take the the adequate uh, or requisite blame for the the lineup, and then also the substitutions for not executing them appropriately to uh, guarantee success. Yeah, it just seemed it seemed to me like he wasn't as into it today. Uh, which I, I guess it's a crappy it's it's a crappy bar to to use his like mannerisms on a, on the touchline as hey is he is he up for this one does he want to win like the dude always wants to win okay like I think I think the media is blown that way out of proportion uh, frankly but I mean when the team needs something extra you know I think you know in the especially at a halftime like they came out flat and he needed to do something and yeah man like it might be okay to to hurt Williams feelings and take him off early uh to get someone on who can make a difference for a half hour or longer you know or you know if if, if drinks is not going to provide the final ball you know that's that Fabregas would then make that switch at halftime you know and I know he's loyal to the players who are starting and you know for a reason but it he he did not have the same type of performance as a manager uh, today that he had against Barcelona. No, agree. Yeah, you, you know, yep. That's that's obvious on the the outward appearance. Um, well, okay, top four. So that's the next one. So uh, at thirty eight blues and subs four thousand uh, on Instagram. Just talking about the table doesn't lie as we see it. Uh, Corey asking, help me out here. Do I see seven wins left on the schedule? Um, Dan, as it stands, you still got Burnley, City, Palace, Spurs, West Ham, Southampton, Huddersfield, Swansea, Liverpool, and Newcastle left uh, ahead of the Blues. So, you know, as as Subs was saying, Liverpool has 15 more goals with Salah, who is on fire. Harry Kane is doing his thing, quietly scoring like 25 goals again or whatever. Um, you know, just that's not what it's going to be for Chelsea. And the other thing, just to pile on while I while I have the floor, you know, because it doesn't happen that often, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is Dan Levine tweeted uh, from the post match presser saying, uh, um, "This is the first time Antonio Conte has admitted that Champions League qualification may not happen this season." Holy shit! Oh, that is one way to quickly find yourself out of a job um, at Chelsea, right? And, I mean, that's the MO. Yeah, that that's yeah that that is not a future that that you know we're gonna talk about darkest timeline. Uh, I mean, it could it could have been worse. It could have been worse than where we are right now. Um, the existing darkest timeline uh, that we could run into is that Antonio Conte uh, takes a massive payout, which uh, then gets recorded as an accounting loss. Uh, Eden Hazard and Thibaut Courtois do not resign their contracts because we don't get uh, Champions League football. Um, and you know, then we start to acquire like um, you know. Uh, more homegrown talents as uh, our quotia fillers to uh, during the summer. Like, uh, I mean, it's, you know, no champions league is, is going to be a, a pretty bad omen and will only further the gulf between where we should be. And, um, you know, 
clubs like Liverpool and and Spurs and you know Arsenal are going to find ways to uh, you know kind of erode the what really should have been uh, a decade plus of distance separating them um, and us. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think it's going to take a you know, crazy amount of effort and some good luck for us to finish in the top four now. I mean, those those losses against Wofford and Bournemouth are the things that are killing us right now. Not, you know, not losing 2-1 at Old Trafford. Um, you know, losing <laughs> losing to Crystal Palace early in the season. Th- you know, things like that. Some of the, the um, inconsistency in front of goal is, is the, that's going to be the reason uh, when you look back on however this season ends, you know, either Chelsea figure out a way to score goals and, and put teams away when they have a lead or, or they, or they don't finish in the top four. Like those are your options, unfortunately. And it's at the, at the point now where Chelsea has been built on effort, determination, you know, and, uh, you know, the will to fight on for, for so long now, you know, over over 17 years. And I don't know if effort is is the thing that's going to get us across the line this time. You know, I think quality has to be there. There has to be uh, some sort of uh, essence of, of quality to to take some of these chances, Brandon. And I, I don't know if we have it. I, I, I pray that we do, but I don't know if we do. Just going to let that sit. I just, I just want to let that out there, let it marinate a little bit, see what the listeners come back with. But um, anyways, that's what we have for social media questions. Thank everyone so much for that. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up, though, with our last promo break. In case you didn't know, World Soccer Shop does have all of the new Nike Mercurial line. Um, Hazard, if you guys didn't see it, he actually debuted them in London a couple weeks ago. Um, and then on Chelsea's Instagram story, uh, gave away essentially a pair to a guy, went to his house, his apartment, and uh, gave him a pair. Just, again, really cool kind of of um i guess what would you call it like very natural uh ways to promote stuff that way that you know is feel good and anyways um the the good part about this world soccer shop has it all because it is it's exquisite gear so uh check them out as always but anyways uh before we wrap this up just want to let you know in case you didn't hear from this entire podcast chelsea will be playing man city in the premier league next sunday march 4th traveling back to the etihad stadium and as dan levine said he will be back a week from today just four miles away so it will be a familiar trip for the boys in blue uh nick as far as form goes Obviously, City have a much better form than Chelsea right now. Three losses in our last five matches. Obviously, the Watford-Bournemouth match is the ugly part that sticks out there. Yeah. Uh, If you think back to September, uh, this is going to be much, much harder than Manchester United was today. Um, Chelsea could easily get beaten pretty severely. it will take an incredible amount of effort. It will take an incredible amount of passing under pressure. It will take quality in front of goal. It will take, you know, a, a well-rested team, Dan, to to have a chance to pull anything off here. I think this is going to be harder than Barcelona was uh, last week. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a very fair statement, Nicholas. And I think ultimately the only benefit being, I guess, dependent upon the way they play. If they roll over like they did uh, today, it's it's going to be different. But, uh, you know, City do have to play um, this week as well uh, against Arsenal before they uh, allow us to come and uh, potentially spoil uh, their party a little bit. And, you know... Again, this season, what we've seen is just there are times where despite form, despite function, uh, Chelsea have a way to 
a punch up a little bit beyond where we would expect them to be. I think we saw that with Barcelona. I think we could see that again in this match. And uh, if we're going to win, it's going to come down to some magic from Eden Hazard and some stout defense. Um, and uh, that's all I'm hoping to see. Yeah, well, the only reason, um, I guess the only you know reason I brought it up is because the only way to beat City apparently is to outscore them like Liverpool did. And I don't see us doing that. So it is going to be a long week. Uh, I'm pretty nervous. But let us know what you guys think, as always, uh, on social media, email. Eric, you can text me. You know what's up. It could be it could be a thing, too. And, and this uh, we're going to merge into final thoughts here, Brandon. I'm going to take over your job. Good. We're going to merge Let's into final thoughts. Wrap it up. Uh, wrap this thing up. But it could be. Antonio uh, Conte, apparently not the only one under uh, job scrutiny this week, <laughs> given the way that you and I have taken the horn from Brandon. Oh, whatever, guys. Check no, yourselves. No. Believe me, no one wants me hosting this show. <laughs> okay. Um, but I would say this. Uh, one of the things that I think, for whatever reason, Chelsea, just because of the fixture congestion or whatever, that they, they don't seem to do is to go on one of those weird holidays to Dubai and, and do like a mini training. Um, and it could be a thing. You know, if, if we're just looking to pull out the rest of the stops here, it could be a thing that... You know, maybe they go to Spain, you know, for a couple of days and do some training and do some bonding and, you know, maybe, um, you know, learn how to score some goals again um, and just to brighten up the mood, you know, around the team. Maybe that's something that needs to happen, because uh, I, I think that at this point of the year, after all of the fixtures and some of the disappointment, it could be really challenging to to get up for this uh, city match and. Uh, that's just my my take. Maybe that's the thing to do, and maybe Chelsea would sanction that. I mean, maybe they just need to go s- steal a taxi and ride around Barcelona. Dan, your final thought? It can always get worse, and ultimately, uh, we're not there yet, but um, I, will, I will say it, as I said multiple times this episode, uh, if we get out of top, outside top four, um, strap in because the summer and next season are going to be uh, quite, quite different. Uh, So fingers crossed. Let's beat Tottenham. Let's beat Liverpool and let's beat city. And uh, then we'll have to worry just, just a hair bit less upwards and onwards. It's uh, you know, got to fight your way out of the corner. That's pretty much the gist of Antonio Conte's post-match quotes. No matter what the angle was, he said, got to fight your way out of it. So uh, with that being said, Chelsea fans, we are going to wrap this one up. Thank you as always for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. Uh, Take the week off, relax, maybe a little detox. Don't get on Twitter. Don't go and watch other teams or games this week. Just let it go. We got a big one on Sunday. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. If you don't want the conversation to stop, make sure to follow the London is Blue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the pod, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes or donate on Patreon.com. London is Blue podcast presented by WorldSoccerShop.com.